Welcome back to Outdoors with me, Lawrence Gunther. Lily and I are going to reflect a little bit on 2023 and what's coming up in 2024. National Geographic photographer Brent Sturton is back for part three of his three-part series. This time we're talking about how he manages to stay mentally fit and healthy and positive after witnessing all those environmental and human conflicts from around the world. Dave Brown and I talk about what it takes to have an accessible and safe time on the ice, ice fishing for you and your guide dog. So come on, Lewis, let's get our coats on and get out there. I can hear the ice cracking and the snow crunching. We gotta go find Lily. Hey, Lily. Hi. Hey, winter's finally taken hold. It's got the cold finally and some snow looks like it's in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, hey, I'm wondering, uh, any favorite memories from 2023? I mean, it's the start of a new year. Let's look back a bit. I love summer. So anything that has to do with summer is my favorite. Aww. And every year they're my favorite things, right? So yeah. anything that has to do with camping, I love camping. So we, went, I did, we did a lot of camping, which was so fun. And I love Sandbanks and I love going to Sandbanks every year. It's my favorite place in the whole world. And I loved going to the new research center. That was also so much fun. And swimming there is so cool. And that's also like now one of my favorite places. Well, you got your driver's license. Yep. You've got your mom's Jeep. Yep. You got my tent and sleeping bags and uh, camping equipment. And you're taking off. Just you and friends are taking off going camping here I know. and there. It's, I can go anywhere oh, I want. Oh, it's goodness. so fun. You're so independent. It's crazy. Like when we started this, like in 2020, you driving around on your own, that was seems like so far in the in the future. And thank you for driving me around all those places in 2023, all those conferences and symposiums and yeah, meetings. You're was, welcome. <laughs> it's thank, a lot of driving. Oh well, you gotta you gotta give to take. So but thank you, Lily. What are your favorite memories from 2023? I think the big one was signing that lease to yep. get the uh, Bluefish Exploration Center up and going. You know, that took a year and a half of negotiating to get that lease done for the property. And and buy the building and then just get started and just being up there every uh, every week, you know, for two or three, four days and just being there. man, I was just so magical. It's so magical. I love it. I know. I feel that ever since I discovered that we're right around the corner from a bison farm. That's even better. <laughs> and we've spotted black wolves and, and black bears. bears and deer. And yeah, there's so much. And oh, my gosh. Ravens and crows around and loons and ducks. And we just got to get a hold of the fishing. Got to find time to go fishing and figure yeah. out what that is. Yeah, that might be good. Yeah. Lily, is there something you wish didn't happen in 20? 2023 i would have preferred if we had more snow yeah by november and december this year so yeah. like you know not even a couple weeks ago no, we i wish there would have been more christmas snow. Green. no we had a green christmas yeah. it was awful but yeah. it's fine yeah everything's frozen up now though. yeah yeah so that's the only regret i guess i mean i would have yeah oh, all right okay okay good what good, about good. you no oh regrets in 2023 i wish i fished more Spent less time behind the computer. That's my resolution, by the way. Mm-hmm. Less time behind the computer. You know, sitting is the new smoking. I'm getting up there in years, so I don't want to spend the rest of my life sitting behind a computer. I, I need to get more outdoors. I want to spend more time outdoors. And, well, it, you yeah. know, <laughs> I, we, we talk about it. 
We do research, we're getting grants, we're hiring, we're firing, we're, you know, we're buying, we're selling, we're, we're podcasting, we're blogging, editorials, newsletters. You know, there's always so much work to do. But secretly, he doesn't ever actually go outside. <laughs> it so. feels like that sometimes. I, I, I need to get out more than once a week on the water. That's for sure. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Lily. Congratulations on getting accepted to two universities. What's I only applied to two. I'd like to <laughs> preface that. I've only, I only applied to two. And accepted at both. Yeah, so that's a 100% success rate. Yeah, so what's your programs? <laughs> Environmental studies. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to transition then to biology. So, biology. Yeah. yeah, then to the sciences. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool. You have marine biologists in the budding. And, and I hope. Aquatic biologist too, and may I hope fish biologist someday? No, no, <laughs> no. Still the big mammals, eh? Yes. Oh well, well we'll see. No, no fisheries. We're staying away from the fisheries. Okay, all right. Sorry, sorry, River Institute. <laughs> <laughs> they started following me on Instagram last night. So sorry, River uh-huh. Institute. <laughs> yeah, they're they're gonna reel you in at some point. Get mm-hmm. you working down there in their labs. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So what are you uh, the most proud of having accomplished in 2023? I think the accomplishment in 2023 was, you know, I never look at podcast results, right? I I just don't want to be directed by, you know, trends and flavors and and, and what a handful of people are, are, are cheering about. I'd rather just stick to our mission and think, okay, this is what I like to do and let's talk about it. Let's get people on here and talk about it. And then, you know, you, I don't know how you found out, but you Googled that thing about (laughs) the results on Bluefish Radio. uh, Bluefish Radio. And uh, we're the second most popular fishing podcast in the world. I know. Right after that Australian guy. I tell you. And then ahead of all these other people that I know. And I'm thinking, well, beat you, beat you, beat you. The list of 35 top fishing podcasts are from around the world. And we're number two. That's pretty crazy. I know. Uh, And and you know what? How could you even expect to beat Australia? You can't. (laughs) The guy from Australia has all these river monsters he's actually battling. Of course, a little podcast from Canada from Ontario. (laughs) Where we don't even have an ocean. We're going to beat that. And the monsters in my mind that I'm battling. So I got that. No kidding. Oh boy. (laughs) Cut that out. Birthday's coming up. We're (laughs) we're like a month away. What's the plan? Um, well, something outside. Yeah. Ice fishing again? I mean, I don't even ice fish. I just snowmobile. (laughs) Well, you got to get your butt off that snowmobile and actually get a rod in your head. No, (laughs) I go to snowmobile. I don't know. That's the deal. Yeah, we spend the day on the ice and you're just bombing around. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And now I can drive up there so we can take more people. So I'm going to bring more friends. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll bring the big uh, pop up and the big heater. And so we'll have a nice place to heat heat up and warm up when you're tired. And what about food? What, oh. do you, what do you want to bring on the ice? Oh, I don't really care. Yeah, you do. F- f- eating when you're on the ice is kind of just a waste of time. <laughs> an ice cream cake. I don't want an ice cream. I don't even know. <laughs> eating on the ice is a waste of time. It's just taking time away from the stuff you can actually be doing. I want an ice cream cake. Then Ooh. have it for your birthday. <laughs> okay, we'll get you something. Maybe muffins. But yeah. we'll cook yeah, something. We'll cook something up, you know, a nice uh, pot of soup and stew or something, you know, to warm yourself up and some uh, a nice hot beverage. Uh, sure, I don't care. All right. I don't okay. really ever get cold well, out we'll there. We'll surprise you. We'll surprise you. Lily, I want to thank you for all you do for us and have done and continue to do. And I look forward to another fantastic year ahead. Yeah, for sure. 
And we've got National Geographic photographer Brent Sturton. Brent's going to talk to us about how he manages to deal with all those images of environmental slash human conflict that he's photographing around the world. What do you do with those images that bake into your mind, into your brain? I'm constantly bombarded by the stimulus of what I've seen. Um, So if I'm meditating, for example, it's it's a challenge to stop the flow of those things. But your process works differently. You know, um, you know the, the, the way that, that you experience stimuli, do you find that, that it's easier to quieten your mind? No. Like you, if, if I could just close my eyes and make it stop. Right. Right. But I don't have that ability anymore when I'm thinking, when I'm visualizing. My eyes can be closed. It can be open. It really doesn't matter. There could be a light on in my office or not. I can be outside in the dark or during the day. It doesn't matter. I'm still functioning as if I could see, you know, the way I see. And the way I see is in my mind. So it never stops until my mind is quiet. So it's, it's, I have to be careful. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you see these things that you see throughout your career, 30 Mm -hmm. years now how do you shut it off those images are burned into your mind well there's a lot of them yeah um you know i mean i've shot like you know a good few million pictures uh, in my in the course of my lifetime or my career um and i just you know um you know when it comes to like as i said meditation or just a situation where i'm looking for quiet within um you know, I just let these things go by and eventually they recede. And yeah. then I can sit in silence, as it were, you know. But um, I guess, um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you're never going to shut something off completely. You just learn to accept that it's in the background, right? Yeah. Do, do the images fade over time? Do they become distorted? Do they Do they become less sort of you know, high definition as time passes? Um, I would say it's more that other people remind you of them. You know, it's, um, so I've been fortunate enough to take a couple of pictures which people have held onto, you know. Um, yeah. They've been remembered. Um, yeah, and I think that that's, that's challenging sometimes because they think that, you know, that defines you. Meanwhile, you've, you've moved on. You're a different person from what mm-hmm. you shot then. So you think differently about the world. Um, you're shooting different things, you know? Um, But yeah, look, I mean, as a photographer, if you're lucky enough to have made a couple of pictures where, you know, that's, um, people remember your images, then that's a privileged place to be. So, you know, I don't want to be pithy about that. No, I guess like an artist, right? Uh, you, you write a song, a popular song, and people always sure. want you to play that song, right? Even oh, if you're and, real, and, completely and, tired of it. Oh, it must be making it must make you absolutely crazy, right? You know, <laughs> and then they want you to put the same passion into it that you put that you did the first time. That that's yeah. got to be hard. Yeah. Oh my yeah, yeah. You've got to perform. Yeah. But, but in your case, your performance is sharing these stories that aren't beautiful necessarily. They aren't gorgeous songs and poetry and stories and things of that nature. I mean, they're, they're it's stark reality and, you know, things that are happening because of bad people. Yeah. And good people, 
you know, um, yeah. you know, both sides of that, et cetera. Um, so focus on the good. That seems to be a common thread with you is you, you find some good people and you let that sort of first thing when you think about when you, you start thinking about that story, you think about those great people you met as, does that sound right? Well, I'm the kind of person who looks for the good in people, you know, yeah. I, that's, I start there, you know, um, which makes me naive on occasion. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Not a bad thing. I'd like to think so, but you pay for some of that. Um, look, I mean, the thing with most stories, the most of the work that I do is that they are good people. You know, they are people trying to work on some of these issues. They are people who are definitely concerned and concerned enough to be doing stuff. So, um, you know, in the course of the stories that we do, if it's all doom, um, that can be, yeah, you know, it's, it's one, it's harder to publish that. Two, um, people, you know, want to feel some level of, of hope with the issues that we're covering, you know. Um, uh, so I just think it's, it, ma- it makes sense to, um, to cover the fact that, yes, this is a problem. And yes, it's an epic problem, but here are these guys, and this is what they're trying to do to make this to make this a better thing. Um, you know, there are very few stories that I've done where that that's not the case, where there aren't good people. So, you know, my job is to tell a balanced account, yeah, and let you make up your own mind. But the the one thing I, I you said is if there's if it's just doom, if it's just horror. There's little appetite for just that, right? I mean, you have to sort of sugarcoat it a little bit. You have to find some way of putting something, some sort of hope into the story. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're raising the alarm about an issue, if you're like going, hey, listen, guys, I don't know if you're aware of this, but rhino poaching is a huge issue, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, then it's. I think it's okay to go, hey, here's the problem, you know? Like what's happening in Israel right now. It, that, but that's very much a news thing, okay? Um but it's if you're trying to tell a complex essay, you know the complex essay is a whole A to Z of a phenomenon. Um, usually, somewhere in there, you're going to meet people who are going, you know what, we're aware of this, we're doing this about it. So, you know, for me, if it's um, if it's good work, if it's honourable work, if it's work which uh, is really committed, then generally I'm going to want to cover some of that. You know, yeah. makes sense. Makes sense, man. I can't imagine you being able to do what you do without finding those threads of hope. Yeah, you know, I think you need it too, because otherwise the stuff really wears you down, Lawrence. Oh, yeah. you know, it's oh, like yeah. yeah. After a while you're like, Jeepus, man, you know? Yeah. Right, let me meet a couple of let me let me just have a little optimism here, you know? But sometimes uh, sometimes days go by and I tell myself, just keep pushing and something good will happen at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> just it's, keep going. It's, generally, it's it's generally true, right? You know? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Hey man, we've spent a whole pile of time here talking, and um, I just want to know if you if there's some things you just want to finish with. If there's some things we didn't cover that you think you want to add before we sign off here. We're talk, talking to you on this particular podcast, where you know you have a number of people who have who are partially sighted or blind listening in, etc. Um, you know. I've always felt that I was really privileged to see a lot of things that I that I see. But I've I've come to realize that um, you know you can experience them in different ways, and so you know nature has been sort of the most redemptive thing for me, being in wild spaces, and um, 
you know, especially when I know those spaces are protected. It's been very satisfying. Mm-hmm. But most of us live such busy lives that we never get into those spaces, you know. And so I would just encourage people, you know, sighted or unsighted, um, spend more time in nature. It'll rebalance you. You know, walk around barefoot. Like, just feel the earth a little bit, you know. I'm I'm very much not um, a hippie guy, kind of guy. But um, I, I genuinely believe that spending time in these spaces nourishes you and, and makes you whole again. So, yeah, get out there if you can. I love talking to photographers, but there's not too many photographers that want to talk to a blind person, right? Because what do they relate to? You know, what do we have in common? You know, what you have in common is, like, I'm interested in experiences, and you experience the world differently than me, and that's fascinating. That's fascinating. So what can I learn through your experience of the world. That's what I think about when I'm interacting with you. And when I'm interacting with you, I'm thinking, what are you seeing down the lens of that uh, that camera? And and how are you dealing with that? And how are you bringing it to people and in what format? Because a picture is just not a picture. Every time you take a picture, it's almost like a piece of art, right? I, you know, I, I think I think maybe if occasionally I get that right, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, yeah, but you know, it, I, I just wish it was a more democratic medium. You know, I always said that people who don't have the ability to see the way I do um, had greater access to the fact that we can sort of fix time and, um, you know, and show you what it looks like. You know, yeah. um, I would like that to be a more democratic process. But maybe technology will get us there. You know? it, it is. It is. Look at how much images we're sharing now, right? In real time. It's just unbelievable. It's harder and harder to hide things, I think. Yeah. No, 100%. With your photographs and my storytelling, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Learn, but it was yeah. a great pleasure to talk to you, huh? Yeah, you too. Let's keep in touch. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-TV. Ice fishing season got off to a slow start in a huge swath of Canada. It really feels like this time of year, this is when safety and ice fishing really go hand in hand. You're right, Dave. And the thing is to be patient, right? If you rush out there with some of the, uh, you know, the more adventurous types or foolish types, I call them, you know, onto two inches of ice or, or soggy ice, ice that's decaying, you're just asking for trouble. Yeah. What are what are some of the evaluation points? What are some of the things maybe a more uh, beginner or intermediate ice fisherman needs to know about thickness and safety before they get on the ice? Well, you know, it, it, you want to have like uh, four to six inches of good solid black ice, right? Not the cloudy ice, the, the ice that's full of snow and slush that just sort of froze like a milkshake. So, you know, four to six inches, that's uh, 10 to 15 centimeters. How do you test that? Bring a spud, you know, walk a bit, spud through the uh, ice, uh, you know, see how thick it is. If it's solid, if it's your spud's crashing through, then think twice, get back off of it. Um, you know, that's really important to, and it, and you can never really trust ice. So you always want to think about what am I going to wear? So a flotation suit or a life jacket, if you have one, an inflatable life jacket on the outside of your clothing, no one's going to laugh at you at the beginning of the season. If you do something like that, having some ice picks around your shoulders, hanging there, uh, ready to go. So if you do fall through, you can, you know, there's nothing to grab onto if you're just sort of dangling in a hole and holding yourself up by your arms. So to have some picks in your hands that you can slam into the ice and, and use to pull 
yourself out like a like a seal, like you know, lie down on the ice on your stomach and kick your feet and pull yourself out like a seal. That's important. And uh, just be aware. Go where people are going. You know, don't necessarily go into places where there's no sign of any human activity. Yeah, you you want to be uh, following following the lures, uh, so to speak, following the lures, <laughs> if you will, uh, Lawrence. Yeah. That's the safety first side of the equation, and that is an important side of the equation. But ice spit fishing is also supposed to be fun. What are mm. the things that someone can bring along to make the experience more fun besides a flask of whiskey? You know, a little propane heater for heat is one thing. Some shelter would be nice or even a windbreak of some sort just to just to cut that little bit of wind. Some food, something to cook on, you know, make some warm food, some warm drink. That's always great. Uh, you know, underwater cameras are very popular. So you can lower them down into the ice and you can see because in the wintertime, the water gets very clear because there's no wind stirring the water up. So if you have some vision, you can use some underwater cameras to look down there. And, uh, you know, just, just having some friends and family around, that's that's really what counts, right? Fan, ice fishing really is a community activity. Yeah, spending time with people is is, mm. is a lot of the fun and a lot of the reason why you want to go out there and spend eight hours uh, freezing your nips off on the lake. Uh, Lawrence, <laughs> what about the disability lens to this? What is What are some of the tips in tech that you would recommend to someone who's blind or partially sighted when they want to get out on the ice? Well, amazingly, this is where it, we do well, right? If people with low vision, no vision. You know, if you think about an ice-covered lake, uh, it's just covered in ice and snow. No one can see what's down there. You drill a hole, you're peeking, everyone's kind of looking. You can't see much, so <laughs> everyone's fishing blind, right? So, you know, the, the kind of gear I like to go with is they have little ice fishing rods you can buy. Some of the tips on those ice fishing rods are very springy. They call them like spring bobbers or spring tips. You want to avoid those. You will feel nothing. And if you can't see that tip going up and down to signify a bite it's it's pointless to you so get a rod that has a slightly stiffer tip so you will feel some of that activity you can put a little bell they sell little bells you can clip onto the tip of your rod so if you put your rod down in a rod holder and some activity happens you'll hear that those bells tinkling if you're in a shack you can get rattle reels so if the reel starts to unwind the little rattles go off inside the reel another one my favorite is a, a blue tips b-l-u-e-t-i-p-z you can clip them onto your tip up. So these are little ice fishing things that you set around in, in holes. And if you get a bite, a flag pops up. Well, your little blue tip clips to the, uh, the flagstaff. So when it pops up, a mercury switch goes off. It sends a, a little Bluetooth signal to your iPhone, very accessible. And all of a sudden you get a message on your iPhone saying, hey, uh, number two is 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 active. You get an audio message and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Lawrence, I am too immature to uh, hear anybody use the expression stiff tip. So I'm just going to move on and start talking about guide dogs. How does your guide dog like being out on the ice? They love it, Dave. They can see in 360 degrees for miles in all directions. They just love being out there. You know, they get real sort of territorial. They want to pee on everyone's equipment. So watch out oh, for no. that. You don't want oh, no. <laughs> your dog marketing, marking your ter your equipment is one thing. When they start running over to other people's tents and peeing on the corners of other people's tents, it's not appreciated. But the main thing is, you know, think about what they're standing on. It, it, you know, it's much better for a dog to stand in snow than it is to stand on bare ice, right? The, the snow is insulation, and they love being on snow. Bare ice, you don't want to scrape it down and keep the dog on bare ice. Always make a nice snowy bed for them. And if they, if there is no snow, which is what we're facing with 
now, you know, think about some some protection for the dog's paws so they don't get cut from ice shards, Mm. right? You know, their dogs are, you got to take care of the paws, right? The other thing is, they want to run on the on ice and uh, you want to prevent that because if they run and get a joint strain you know some sort of sprain in their ankle or hip or or you know that's going to prevent the dog from working for weeks potentially and it could be a problem going down the road so you know keep the activity to a minimum of sclerice. They want to run and they want to slide and, and fool around. But if it's just sclerice, that's one thing. If it's snow, that's quite another. Let let them run. Put a little bell on them and uh, get them into some shelter, you know, if it's really cold. If your dog's not used to standing around in bus shelters and taking long walks in the wintertime, he's not going to have that tolerance to cold. So you're mm. going to need some sort of shelter, right, to keep the dog, uh, to give him a break from that freezing cold. You can't take a city dog out of an apartment and plop him on the ice for <laughs> For eight hours and expect that he's going to have fun all eight hours at some point they're going to get cold yeah so, definitely. you know it, it's important to have a blankie <laughs> definitely a blankie maybe one of those sheds with a space heater you know the, the bougie yep. way of ice fishing the dave brown way of ice fishing <laughs> uh lawrence i i know i know you love ice fishing what are some of your fond memories Oh, you know, well, I'm going to make one this winter if the ice cooperates. Right now, the ice is, you know, not cooperating, but we're going to head out to Trois-Rivières in Quebec, and we're going to oh, go fish nice. for Tom Cod. They, they swim up from the ocean and go into the rivers to spawn, and it's quite a festival on the ice, so we've made plans for that in two weeks. Um, but, I, you know, even like the Bay of Quint just outside Toronto there and Sandbanks, that's a, that's a haven for ice fishing, and there's so much great ice fishing there. I remember once they, I, I, I hired this guide, and... <clears throat> He brought me out on his ATV, and I was on the first load. So I'm sitting on the back of the ATV, and he unclips my sled, drops me off the ATV, and we drove for about 20 minutes. And then he takes off, and I'm listening to his motor just disappear, and, you know, it fade away. And I'm standing on the ice and the, and the mouth of this Bay of Quint that goes down to Lake Ontario. And I know Lake Ontario is not frozen, but the bay is. And it's just absolute silence. Nothing. Not a sound. You know, it's the morning. The sun's just starting to peak up. And I'm thinking, what happens if he doesn't come back? You know, which way is which way is out of here? How do I get back? I don't even have my dog with me because I came out with the ATV. And uh, I think, you know, I, I could just be stranded out here. And if I walk off in the wrong direction, I'll hit Lake Ontario and just sink and never be seen again. Oh dear. And I'm starting to get a little worried. And, you know, are they coming back? And then I hear a, all of a sudden I hear a zipper off to my side and then another zipper. And then I hear someone cough and... And then I realize I'm surrounded by other ice anglers in their tents already. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Lawrence, thank you for this. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit me at lawrencegunther.com to keep up to date on my blogs and videos. Subscribe to get the latest episodes of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther by visiting your favorite podcast provider. And please take some time to rank us and give us some comments. Send me your feedback, suggestions, and questions at feedback at ami.ca. Thanks to Mark Affalo. He's our technical producer. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.